Wide Web has long been host to copied and pasted stories of an apocryphal nature. These stories came to be known as Copybusta, and then the creepy variant emerged. Welcome to Creepypodsta, the Creepypasta podcast. So I will start the episode now. Hello, welcome to the show. I'm the host, Jeff Kowalski, and we're going to talk about some spooky stories from the internet. Uh, We've got an interesting one this week. I kind of want to get back to some of the classics. I had someone on Twitter today say that they've been eagerly anticipating an episode about Sonic EXE, which I have not done. Uh, But I did that because I was looking through the Mr. Creepypasta feed. Uh, or might have been creepy. The uh, the creepypasta, uh, the other similarly named show, creepy the podcast. Um, I think it was Mr. Creepypasta though, and I found one called Antisonic.dll, and just the name of it made me want to be dead. Um, <laughs> so I will probably cover Sonic EXE. I think it's the one of the few big classics we haven't covered. But when I was um, when I was looking for the story we are covering today, one of the results was. Like the autocomplete results included not only, um, like we're covering Mr. Widemouth, and I got Mr. Widemouth, uh, Creepypasta, uh, Mr. Widemouth, Real, Mr. Widemouth, Urban Legend, and Mr. Widemouth, Cross Reader, uh, which I don't know if that was a slash fiction thing or if it's just a second person narrative where Mr. Widemouth is haunting you, but in either case, pretty weird. Uh, so this is one, I guess, along the lines of Jeff the Killer, where it's developed sort of a cult following. Um, but we're covering just Mr. Widemouth now, and I don't think I had heard of this one before, and one of my guests brought it to me rather than taking it from the suggestion list, and that guest is Steph Tysus. Hello. And along with this story, Steph also brought to the show uh, the other guest that we have today, Brad Tysus. Hey, how's it going? And since you brought this story to us, Steph, please tell us what happens in it, approximately. Approximately, okay. This was, I think, the first creepypasta I ever read, so it kind of stuck with me. Um, It's all about a, well, probably adult now, but they're talking about when they were a kid, they lived in... uh, different places they moved around a lot and one of the places they were uh they got sick they had mono which is terrible um so they were bedridden for a long time and during that time uh this weird possibly imaginary creature shows up called Mr. Widemouth uh he's described as kind of looking like a furby with a, a huge mouth which is terrifying and um, he keeps trying to get the main character that I don't know if it was named uh, uh, to do I- increasingly more suicidal things, which is bad for a kid. 
But he's starting to think, oh, am I just having fever dreams? Is this real? Um, and it all culminates into uh, one night, Mr. Widemouth says, oh, I want you to come to this real special place with me one day. I have to make sure that you're ready to go with me, but it's out here in these woods. And he's like, I don't know about that, Mr. Widemouth. And he's like, okay, well, maybe later, you know, kind of thing. Well, they end up moving away. And he leaves Mr. Widemouth in that house. Never sees him again. Um, later in life, he goes back to his childhood home. And the real plot twist, the place where Mr. Wildmouth was going to take him was a, a graveyard full of children. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> that was good. Very concise. I think I listened to a reading of this from uh, Creepy, and it was uh, about 10 minutes long with a very long ad at the end, <laughs> uh, <laughs> making like a 14 minutes and change um, thing. So it's it's a very brief story. Uh, credited to Perfect Circle 35 on Creepypasta, the Creepypasta Wikia. Um, does it have a date that it was posted? Doesn't look like it. I wonder if I could find when this story is from. Maybe if I searched Mr. Widemouth, know your meme. Is this a, does, do you think this is, has spread enough that it has a know your meme entry? I bet it no, is. It's, it's, it certainly doesn't. Oh, oh no. Well. well, it was posted uh, on r slash creepypasta five years ago. Oh, wow. So it's at least five years old. Um, I wonder if there's a way. I'm seeing one from scary4kids.com from December of 2012. Um, oh, it's on Scary what? for Kids? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I guess. I mean, it's not. I guess there's nothing about it that is like technically inappropriate for children. So mm. let me go put in a custom range from. If see if there's anything earlier than December of 2012. Um, I I guess there probably isn't, right? Uh, but we'll find out. You know, what? I'm gonna go December 2012. No, that's gonna be the end date, December 2012, and the entry date will be December 2002. And go. Let's see, Google. Uh, oh, it was posted on the Creepypasta Wiki in 2010. So oh, it's wow. At least eight, it's at least eight years old. And then there's some readings on it, uh, readings of it on YouTube from 2011 and 2012. Um, so uh, let's see if it's possible to find anything older than 2010. Go. Mm, no, it doesn't look like it. Oh, wait. Mr. Widemouth GIF on DeviantArt from 2007. Wow. Wow. Define DSL. <laughs> yeah. Could it be as old as 2007? Uh, yeah. It looks like maybe this. Yeah. This is a, a Furby-ish. Um, although I don't know if this was posted in 2007 because both of the comments are from 2017. Uh, no, it says submitted in 2017. I don't know why this showed up as 2007. Maybe this person created their page in 2007, so that's when Google acknowledges it as existing. Or the real creepypasta is that they're a time traveler. Oh, yeah, it's real. He's uh, he's a real guy. 
<laughs> uh, you know what? I shouldn't look from December of 2010. I should look from December of 2009. And we'll see. Again, I'm getting Mr. Widemouth wallpaper from oh, some other great. wiki and now. <laughs> this is interesting. I want to know all about it. Um, <laughs> see, this actually just, it describes it as a long one in the Reddit post. Really? Yeah, I was I'm so kind of surprised. It's a pretty short story. Yeah, if you look on creepypasta.com, the reading time is six minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think 2010 is the earliest uh, time to find this, which I think makes it older than Jeff the Killer, because we were looking up Jeff the Killer uh, on some episode, and it was like... 2012. It's like a 2012 story, I think. It's certainly um, better. And is yes, Jeff... This, and is Jeff... This is a... Go ahead. And as Jeff delves deeper and deeper into the mystery of Mr. Widemouth, he eventually is never heard from again. Yeah, Spawning exactly. an all-new urban legend. <laughs> <laughs> Fully into it. Um, I liked this story. I was surprised because it's one of those very brief, like, spooky character type of stories, and I thought that it was pretty effective. Um, I didn't think uh, Mr. Widemouth itself was a very scary character, but I liked that the spooky things he did was trying to convince a sick kid to hurt himself. I think that yeah. is a, a effective horror. Look, I've, um, I never had an imaginary kid grow- or an imaginary friend growing up, um, so yeah. imaginary friend things are very scary to me. Like, hmm. that's a ghosty. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's Interesting. Brad, how did the story hit you? Were you? Are you spooked out by imaginary friend things also? Well, as Jeff's imaginary friend, I like to think that this is kind of uh, backhanded. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I see. Um, no, actually, uh, I loved it. Um, I thought it was very much if uh, Stephen King did a Puckwudgie story, because it may take place mm. in Maine. That's more of a Pennsylvania thing. Uh, you, you probably might be familiar with that whole concept. Um uh, I had not heard of it until the American Wizard School yeah. got posted on Pottermore, <laughs> and that is what that is one of the um, houses. It's the Hufflepuff of America. Um, if yeah. you if you go more into that, it gets a lot more sinister and things like that. But mm -hmm. um, in the beginning, there's a little bit of an information dump, and it's more the narrator trying to be creepier and more dramatic than the actual story itself, but I think that's just to conserve time. Because once he gets into it, it's mm. it's really great. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, I thought he had a lot of great writing techniques to prelude as the time period and things like that. Um, I'd actually love to see the author go back and give it up like more of a full treatment. I would I would watch a a movie based on this actually. Yeah, it seems like something that would make a pretty decent short film. Uh, you know, it reminds me a little bit of Child's Play. Like, Mr. Widemouth is very Chucky-esque, except Chucky does a lot more of directly murdering people rather than just uh, trying to manipulate others. But there's definitely also... Uh, at least in the two Chucky movies I've seen, Curse of Chucky and Cult of Chucky, there is a lot of Chucky whispering to people to get them to kill people for him. So I think that is uh, sort of similar to what happens here. Maybe was an inspiration. I don't know. Um, 
I uh, I was a little disappointed by the uh big air quotes reveal at the end. Like that's not scary. Right. It's like uh, that's it's just a graveyard. That's just sad. Yeah. It's not like it's not like he walked through the woods and found like a ditch full of kid skeletons in it. Yeah. My thing was like did Mr. Widemouth also bury them and give them nice gravestones? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And the fact that it's like it's not like a makeshift graveyard. He says it's the new vineyard memorial cemetery. Like it's a real <laughs> cemetery. That's not a spooky ghost thing. That's not something that Mr. Widemouth did. He didn't build a real <laughs> cemetery. It's not like Pet Cemetery. That would be scary. Yeah, exactly. If like if he found a makeshift graveyard with a bunch of like wooden crosses over what he assumed were like shallow graves, that would be scary. That would be But real the fact that he finds Yeah, exactly. The fact that he finds a regular cemetery with a bunch of children tombstones in it, not that scary. A little mysterious and eerie, but um sort of mismatched from this gremlin that is trying to convince a child to kill himself. Maybe you just have to assume that uh, Mr. Widemouth is causing the deaths of these children. He's like, hey, see what I did? They got graves yeah, and I everything, so. but... Uh, my <laughs> thing is, is um, the ending didn't necessarily take away from what Mr. Widemouth actually does. And it's yeah, not, exactly. It's not as far to suspend your disbelief with, oh, wow, they've been having to bury all these young children for so long in this cemetery by people versus, okay, this thing is actually going out and making graves for people with his tiny little arms. <laughs> his tiny little arms. Uh, sitting there repeating yeah. whatever you say at night in the middle of the night. I hate Furbies. Ugh. It was it was supposed to be his last spooky act was leading narrator to this graveyard, but the it's not it's not the other things he did were spookier. Oh yeah, the oh, fact yeah. that <laughs> the fact that he tried to convince him to jump out the second story window, and the fact that he tried to trick him into juggling knives, and then uh like. Those are scarier, and then I guess this technically happens after he tries to get him to walk down the deer trail, uh, but he's, like, holding a knife while sav sadly waving goodbye. Yeah, That's pretty scary. I didn't like that. I don't like things in windows. Mm. Um, our top floor is all very big windows, so when I'm leaving the driveway, I always try not to look up because I'm afraid someone's <laughs> going to be standing there, woman in black style. Yeah. Well, I don't know how you guys um, wave goodbye to your friends, but like... <laughs> yeah, I'm always holding a knife and slowly waving. Right? <laughs> it's just to show that you care. <laughs> yeah. Um, I am curious... How did you guys take the implication that Mr. Widemouth burned down this house or, like, killed whoever lived in it after? Oh, he's definitely, like, some kind of demon, so... Yeah, did, like did, a you, did you read it that way, or did you think it was just a coincidence? Um, I think it could have been Mr. Widemouth after no one inhabited the place for so long, or, fan theory, he got a kid to do it. Hey, look at these matches. They're real fun. That could be real spooky. Yeah. Yeah, that kind of thing would be, I think, pretty good. I th um, I felt that uh, either one of the locals or one of the residents after him probably burned it down to try to 
stop Mr. Widemouth, maybe? Or maybe they knew about him? Yeah, maybe one of the Ooh. parents found out about him. This, I think, is an interesting space where it would make sense to do a follow-up story, mm-hmm. um, which would be sort of like an interquel. Um just telling the story of what happens in the house uh, to make it burn down. I think a lot of horror stories um, try to do stuff like that, and it doesn't really work. Um, Like Paranormal Activity 3, uh, it was a good idea to be like, let's explore when this ghost was attacking the kid, the the women when they were children. Eh, it's like a good idea, but it didn't fully, the execution wasn't great. Uh, a place where it did work is in the Ouija prequel, um, where they explain why the ghost from the first movie, like, exists. Oh, yeah. And I hadn't seen the first movie, and it is pretty much just a spoiler for the much better prequel. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, I've only ever listened to your episode on it and um, Matt Pat's video about it, and it's really interesting, like that prequel thing. But I've always heard Ouija was a real bad movie. Yeah, uh, it's I think stars someone kind of famous. Who is it? Olivia Olivia Cook, maybe, uh, who's like in good movies now. It might also be uh, Anya Taylor Joy instead. Uh, I always conflate them because they are, they were, I, I had seen them in movies previously, but then they were just in, um, thoroughbreds together. Yeah. We just stars Olivia Cook, who is, uh, you may know from the movie thoroughbreds or she was in Bates motel as someone, uh, Emma Dakota in Bates motel. Uh, she was in the quiet ones the same year as Ouija, me and Earl and the Dying Girl the year after that. She was just in Ready Player One oh. this month. That's uh, the only one that I would even maybe have seen. Yeah. Such a good movie. <laughs> She's Artemis in Ready Player One, um, which she does a very good job in um, considering they didn't need to hire good actors because that is just like a, a sort of light action movie for teenagers, but I think that it was fun that they hired someone good to be in that role. Not to, to kind of veer back on topic a little bit, uh, one thing I did appreciate, I'm pretty positive that it's a Puck Wedgie story. Um, <laughs> and mainly because... Really? Yeah, I'm pretty certain. Um, mainly because other than the fact that it's more of a Pennsylvania thing and they're doing it in Maine, um, it does yeah. have a lot of uh, uh, research nods to it, such as... I mean, the basic story is they used to be friends with people, with Native Americans and things, and humanity did something to make them upset, and after that they hid from people and would try to lure them off cliffs and do things to put them in hazardous situations in which they get, you know, killed or maimed or injured. That's right. There there are certain places in uh, the New England area where, like, people have, multiple people have said, when you stand on this certain cliff, you just want to jump. You don't have to be suicidal or anything. You just feel the need to jump. Yeah, they, uh, that, that is sort of an inter, it's, I, I don't know necessarily, uh, I mean, I can't speak to the author's motivations, but it seems like, yeah, Mr. Widemouth definitely fits in with the tradition of, um, in European folklore, they would, uh, at times generically be called elves, but these sort of, um, little gremlin type people. 
Um, the fairies. Yeah, fairies or elves. Um, I mean, Wikipedia just generically calls them little people, but mm-hmm. that is a group for that is a na- group name for actual like real human beings. So I hesitated <laughs> to use that term, but yeah, it's um, it's Mr. Widemouth, regardless of his Puckwudgie inspiration or not, definitely fits into the same overall category for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's really interesting, and I think that creepypastas are stronger when they draw from myth in that way. Um, so it's, it's, in, in, I'm glad you brought it up and kind of steered us back on topic. Um, what's the spookiest part of this story for you, Steph? Hmm. Um, basically, not knowing if this is an imaginary friend situation or if it's real, because he is, he mm. does mention he had mono. He's, super feverish i've had mono i got it from a coke can didn't even get it the cool way by kissing um but (laughs) it is miserable you're feverish and you just want to sleep um my parents showed me the never-ending story and that was like the worst thing to show mostly high child (laughs) (laughs) Um, Uh, yeah it's it's a really weird time you're a fully sober adult that would be a pretty bad (laughs) thing to watch so it's um, mono is no fun and you're mostly sleepy and feverish. So not knowing if it's a fever dream or something that's actually happening and it be threatening your life possibly is very scary to me. Yeah. Um, how about you, Brad? Uh, I really actually appreciated the whole uh, background of you hear a lot of scary stories and stuff about kids with imaginary friends that are actually this nefarious entity that's pretending to be, you know, friendly or things like that. I really enjoyed how Mr. Widemouth really definitely went down, you know, the past he would see someone trying to manipulate a child's judgment, even down to the point where it picked the sick person in the household and things like that. And I I just thought that that was a, you know, it gave it this very apex predator kind of, you know, mentality to it that I enjoyed. I think the spookiest part for me, I mean, I listened to it, and of course I can't just say the spookiest part is the fact that they did like a cool vocal filter for Mr. Widemouth's voice. (laughs) That was cool. But I think the spookiest part is when he tries again for the trampoline thing. Mm -hmm. He's like, well, this time it's dark and you just can't see it, but I definitely put a trampoline out there so you should jump. Yeah. I think that was like like the fact that he's so insistent was really spooky because it it kind of moves away from him just being like a trickster who doesn't care to being like genuinely like pathologically malicious. And I think that is uh spookier. I think he should run for president. Like, Oh yeah, I'll totally fix Mm. all this stuff. You're good. Don't worry. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. He'll tell, he'll tell everyone to just jump out the window. He promises that there's a safety net. Um, (laughs) Your tax dollars are in the right place. I think uh, for the audience, if you are into uh, creepy little doll men who hurt people, then uh, you can go on Netflix and watch Curse of Chucky, which is incredible. And then it like, you don't have to have watched any of the Chucky movies previously to watch this one. It's like a brand new thing where someone new gets the Chucky doll and all the characters are new. And then it has a direct sequel called Cult of Chucky, which is also quite good. I made the mistake of watching Cult of Chucky first, thinking it was a standalone movie, but it's not. And was I was 
was completely spoiled uh, about all the plot events when I went back and watched Curse of Chucky. So Curse and then Cult, uh, both quite good movies. Uh, if you want, if you're more interested in the horror of there being some kind of supernatural entity that has some like psychic manipulation to make people do bad things uh, or hurt themselves, I recommend listening to the. Uh, recent Tannis spinoff podcast, The Last Movie. Ooh. It is six standalone episodes, and if you don't listen to Tannis, it's fine. This one is, like, all in its own thing. I think it's six? Yeah, I think it's six episodes. They did it like uh, S-Town, where they just released the whole thing all at once. Uh, and that was quite good. It is about a... Um, I don't want to say a haunted movie, because it's not haunted like there's no ghost in the movie it's more like a filmmaker tried to make a movie that would make people go insane by watching it and it's uh it's fictional but it's it's a good story so um, anything by remind- stanley kubrick basically yeah yeah <laughs> uh, you reminded me of it when you mentioned the the puckwaji making people want to jump off cliffs because there's a scene in the last movie podcast where a character is standing on a cliff during the course of their research and it feels compelled to jump off um so that is uh those are those are my recommendations of if you like this, try this. So, um, let's get into plugs, Steph. Uh, where can the people find you and your work? Uh, if in the place, the ways that you would like them to be able to do so. Oh, I would like for them to find me anywhere I am. Um, I'm Pokemaniac Steph on Instagram and on Twitter, and um, I'm sure Jeff will plug our website in the description. It's CretaceousProductions.com, which is very long and hard to spell. <laughs> That's where all of our my Etsy shop, uh, our webcomics, um, I draw uh, Life with Raptor and For Real Rescues, and those are on there. So you can find everything on the website. But absolutely cool. follow me on social media too, because I talk about dumb things there. Uh, how about you, Brad? Uh, well, uh, you can see some of my work as I am the current Herald of Galactus. Um, <laughs> oh, jeez. Okay, it's, yeah. It's, so it's... I guess I guess when we're doomed, you'll be killing us. So okay, not sure. really. I'm just like leading him to the buffet. <laughs> the dude's got a problem. Like he eats his feelings. It's kind of sad. I mean, I'm just saying, it, that job sucks. There's no benefits, no sick days. I haven't had a vacation in, like, forever. And that dude is very self-centered. Never once has he asked me, hey, do you want a new desk chair? Um, how's your surfboard doing? How about I get you a new one? No. It's a thing. Um, so I work on all of those same stuff. I'm pretty non-existent on social media, as I am Jeff's imaginary friend. Um... It's hard to type. It's very <laughs> weird that a real person would be married to my imaginary friend. Oh, you, I'm imaginary too. You have a ve- oh, man. you have a very active imagination. Okay. Well, yeah. Sometimes mildly frightening. Um, <laughs> and so you can find me in. All- oh, sorry. You, you had more uh, actual plugs, or <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. Okay, that hurt a little bit. But, <laughs> um. Yeah, I got. Uh, I, I am working on a uh, horror anthology uh, with a guy named Eddie Price. That's going to come out one day. <laughs> it's going to be a mm. graphic novel. It'd be good stuff. Uh, and that is all. 
So I'm going to give my plugs now. J3FK on Twitter, JeffJK on Snapchat and Instagram. You can go on Facebook and join Creepypasta fan group and chat about horror things there. Uh, I think it's a good idea to go to weaponizedlanguage.com if you want to listen to more episodes of this show. You can also comment on them there, though people rarely do that. I don't get as many. I get maybe like 1% of the total listenership from people going on the website. So uh, go leave us a review on iTunes. Five stars if you leave less than five stars. Uh, I don't need that kind of negativity in my life. So. <laughs> uh, that really helps us out if you like give us five stars and write a review. That would be great. If you don't know what to write here, you can write this. I think this podcast is very good. I recommend everybody <laughs> listen to it and also tell all their friends to listen to it because it's the best podcast ever made in the world. Uh. <laughs> um, that's not very funny, but you know, I wrote it for you off the top of my head. Uh, go to patreon.com slash jeffjk if you want to hear me read spooky stories for merely one dollar per month you'll get at least two audio things a month and one written thing and they're not always spooky stories um sometimes it is content from my other podcast seeing reddit which i've been doing lately because it's easier for me <laughs> but that you'll still get the whole back catalog so you'll get a, a bunch of stuff uh, so go there, do that $1 a month. That's hardly anything. And that's all we have to say about this episode. Um, I saw Mr. Widemouth's silhouette in my bedroom window. He stood motionless until the truck was about to turn onto the main road. He gave a pitiful little wave goodbye, steak knife in hand. I didn't wave back. <laughs>